you're listening to the Quality Coach Podcast, I'm your host, Jasmine Braxton. If you're a personal trainer who is trying to grow as a fitness professional, but feel unprepared to do so, listen in each week as myself and associates in the fitness space share practical tools and advice to help you become a quality coach. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Quality Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine Braxton. And today, the topic on deck is getting started with a new client, but more specifically, starting a new client the right way. Now, say you've just gotten a client, you're they're signed a contract, they've paid their first month of their membership or their package. They, you've done their consultation. You know what the pain points are, what their goals are, what their mindset and ambition is, what their habits are as far as their lifestyle behaviors and eating behaviors are concerned. Like you are ready to move the dial forward with this new client. What do you do now? Now, What I'm about to say might seem common sense to most of you, which if it does, perfect. But if it isn't what you typically do when you get a new client, I want you to try to adopt this as your next step. And that is conduct assessments. When you start out the relationship of coaching a client with assessments, you're doing two things. Number one, you are portraying yourself as the professional that you are to the client because they now know that you are not just making up stuff on the fly, but you are actually adapting a program to their needs, preferences, and desires, right? The second thing you do is you give yourself hard data to build a program around and to work with. It's just making your job easier and quite honestly, a good assessment writes the program for you. That's the best part about it, in my opinion. (laughs) So when it comes to doing assessments, you might wonder, well, what assessment should I run? Like there seems to be dozens and dozens and dozens. And if you are still um, learning this craft and kind of more on the inexperienced side, you'll learn that there can be an assessment for every type of situation or client that comes across your plate. And until you have really established what specifically um, you may want to assess for or what types of clients you are training. Therefore, you use a certain set of assessments. It's great to just start with some basic general things to get the ball rolling. So whenever I work with a new trainer, I typically um, suggest three or these four first assessments. Um, The first of which being a body composition and posture assessment. For some clients, it ends up just being a postural assessment. But in this place, um, it kind of gives you some starting data on what is this person's physical makeup when they first come to me. Now, I know I'm getting into buzzy territory because some people are like, you know, the whole, why do I have to put my body in this situation? I don't want to be measured and pinched and all that stuff. And that is not the only reason you can do body composition assessments. If you have a client who they say their goal is to get stronger and to build muscle, doing body composition can help you to understand, well, where is this person's muscle mass starting place if I'm not doing something like a DEXA scan or in-body scan so that you now have a marker or a benchmark of where that client was when they started with you so that you can determine how they're progressing, whether it's in the positive direction 
or in the not so positive direction, like, is my programming working? Um, that is one reason why you would want to do a body composition assessment amongst many others. You can fill in the blanks, but it's something that I suggest unless your client is blatantly against doing anything like that. The postural assessment is also pretty self-explanatory. If you come to a client and they are presenting uh, lower back um, swagging or kyphosis or lordosis, you should know about that because your programming can help ad address those things. Um, the next assessment that I strongly suggest is always a mobility or a movement style assessment. You want to know what is your client's usable range of motion, where may they be needing more attention um, as far as ability, like can this client do an assisted lunge or does can this client do an unassisted lunge? You want to basically get a top to bottom view of what this client's movement abilities are and it helps you to see where are the red, red flags in their abilities. Like if this client has a really, really, really difficult time even touching their knees, then you're probably not going to right off the bat start them at from the floor deadlifting. You might want to start somewhere like a raised deadlift or just learning to hinge with um, without weight at all and doing things like good mornings or I'm just talking out loud with what you could do with that. But you, the, the whole point of this is you want to see where your client stands in the, on the spectrum of movement ability, okay? The third assessment is a strength assessment. This is, again, something that's self-explanatory, but you want to know where your client's strengths are, what their starting point is, like if they have a desire to, you know, add 20 pounds or be able to buy, do a body weight back squat, but yet they're not even able to squat the bar yet. You need to know that. You figure that stuff out in a strength assessment. Now, the reason I say you can have three or four assessments is because sometimes, depending on a client's movement assessment, it will determine whether or not you do a strength assessment. Sometimes a client presents things in a movement assessment, just body weight, range of motion, flexibility type stuff. They will present things that tell you, well, there's no way in the world I'm going to load this activity in an assessment to see where they stand. It's obvious where they stand. They're not going to be able to do this movement loaded. So that is one reason why you may only have three total assessments. But sometimes you'll have a... Four, and so the fourth, I'll tell you, if you don't have a strength, well, if you are including a strength assessment, the fourth assessment is usually a work capacity assessment. Now, people hear work capacity and they start getting nervous because they're like, oh boy, I mean, are you going to make me do like some all out sprints or something else crazy that like is scary to me? A work capacity assessment is simply you figuring out what their base aerobic level is like. Can this person like um, do 10 minutes of just rowing without stopping? Or can this person um, do one minute on the airdyne? What's their recovery look like? What's their essence look like? Things of that nature. There is, again, a, a 50 probably different work capacity tests you could do. Pick one and go with that. 
pick the one that's most appropriate for the population you're working with, okay? For instance, I would not suggest you do a 10-minute Airdyne max output assessment for a 75-year-old grandmother who has probably not even walked down the street in her neighborhood in the last 15 years. Like, just use your common sense, use discernment, you got this, okay? So to regroup or recap on those four Three, potentially four assessments is the body composition and posture assessment, the movement mobility assessment, the strength assessment, and the work capacity assessment. Those are the basic four types of assessments you want to run with a new client to get them started right, to get you situated right, and to get them off on the right path, right? The second point The next thing we're going to do is you're going to develop a program based on the information you've collected from their intake, their consultation, and those assessments that you just did, right? This is where the program development starts, not after they've become a client and you've done nothing other than look at them and talk to them. You want to do all those other things that I mentioned before and develop a program. So what is the benefit of using a program for you and for the client? Well, let's start with you, the trainer, the professional. First and foremost, having a program that you work off of eliminates the guesswork of what the client will do day to day, week to week, and month over month. There should not be any like, oh, what will Tabitha do today? That is not a good sign, y'all. And I want you to not not engage in that reckless activity. Okay, we cool? We got it? We're not doing that. Okay, secondly, it removes the anxiety that comes with writing a new program multiple times a week for multiple clients. If you are stressing yourself the morning of every work week or every work day with, okay, I have five clients today and you're sitting out there and you're writing something new and there is really no connection to maybe what they did before and it doesn't feed itself into what they'll do next. That is one of the obstacles that having a program and using that program removes. Having a program also makes it easier to make adjustments to a program on a fly. How many times has a client come in and say that they tweak their ankle, their, their back hurts from their last workout, they're not feeling as energetic as they normally would, and whatever they're telling you is just counterindicative of what you have written down. You're like, okay, that's not going to work. If you're working off of a program, you're more familiar with what they're going to do that day. It's easier for you to think of a sub or alternative while right there on the fly, like you're working on your feet and you can still give that client a quality session, but it meets them where they're at on that particular day. The last thing that I will say, uh, having a program is good for or how it benefits you is it's easy to determine the the effectiveness of your programming. Okay, your client's results are not on accident. They won't consistently continue to come by you throwing a wet noodle on the wall and praying that it sticks. Your effectiveness can be measured if you're using a program because you can look at over time how that program has progressed and how that client has kept up with that progression. Or 
let's turn that around. You can look at how your client has progressed and you can look at how the program changed incrementally over time to keep that progression happening. All right. So now let's move on to the benefits for the client. There's three primary things I'll say it does. One, it gives them efficient results. They are not going to, it's not going to be a delayed adaptation for a client to see a certain result if you are programming well, especially if they're still a novice. We all know about newbie gains. And if you are doing a good job with a newer client, it will show, it will show in how well they are adapting to the movements, they're, they're how quickly they are learning like that neuromuscular, this is what this is supposed to feel like. This is what this is. I know when this looks right. This I know when this is supposed to feel right, or I know that I'm doing it right because it feels right now. Um, things of that nature, they will have a very much more efficient uh, approach or efficient pace going towards their goals and it not being like, yeah, I had some really great results like in the first three or four weeks and then I kind of fell off and then we got back together and it won't be that sort of thing. Okay. The second thing is predictability. You may think that it's boring for a client to do a similar looking workout for four to six weeks at a time, but for a newer client, that's not always the case. When you have a client who's learning movement, it might be the sixth or seventh time that they do that particular workout that things start to click in their heads because for them, everything is so new. The movement is so new. The mindset around doing the thing is so new. The feelings are new. The emotions are new. All of it is new for them. So when you give them a a program that is similar week over week, they actually, it helps actually, it helps them to actually have more confidence in what that experience, that session is going to be like. It has them have, it helps them have more confidence or more anxiety, to be quite frank about it, um, of how they're going to perform that day. Like, for instance, I know clients that when they, they see a back squat on their program, they get like clammy hands because it, scares them. It gives them the heebie-jeebies, not because they can't do it, but because it's just, it's moving more weight than they're used to week over week. And what you're doing when you, and whenever you have a newer client and they feel mentally scared, just know that a time will come where that will pass because in these beginning stages, you're helping them to build mental resistance and mental resilience, not resistance, resilience, around doing hard things, around lifting heavy weights. And that is an extremely important thing because someone's mental state is by far one of the biggest benefiters of strength training and of working with a trainer. So don't feel like these, your program has to be entertaining. Let it be predictable. Let them be okay. Be okay with them knowing what's coming up because everyone benefits. Don't think otherwise, right? The last thing, as far as a benefit for for a client, they have more trust in you. You are building trust in their minds that you know what you're doing when you use a program. They know that you're not just making it up as you go. They know that you are in here doing the pre-work 
and looking out for that's their best interest and helping them get to their goals and supporting them professionally. And that speaks volumes. So uh, you're probably wondering this one question here. Is using a program template bad, Jasmine? <laughs> Flat out, no. As I mentioned back in episode nine, starting with a template helps you, okay? Starting with a template, using a template to track progress is great for you because you are learning. You learn how bodies move and respond and adapt. You learn how to make predictions about what a client should expect. All of that is a great benefit of using a template or skeleton. Quite honestly, I like to use the word skeleton over template, okay? Get this. Using a template or skeleton in fitness isn't the same as when we use that word in other industries. Like in other industries, you're thinking a direct copy and paste, like you're copying everything verbatim and pasting it somewhere and maybe tweaking you know, colors and business names and certain lingo and that's it. But in fitness, using a skeleton is not that. When we use a skeleton in fitness, it's basically giving you an overall view of what the program is going to flow like. Things like rep scheme progressions over the next four to six weeks or a certain phase, right? Um, you are looking, you're, you're learning things or you're getting things like the frequency and arrangement of movement patterns, or maybe the purpose and effect of each session. It is not a copy and paste verbatim everything. Quite honestly, I encourage you to use a skeleton because it helps you to see and understand what the flow of something is supposed to look like, what it's going to be like. It helps to take the stress off of you about whether or not you're putting something together that's per- that's proper and instead lets you um, go in and make smaller adjustments. Like you can go in and based on what that client's assessments told you or what they tell you they have access to, you determine the exercise that will go in a certain movement pattern's place. Like if the movement pattern is a hinge, you get to choose what hinge, like what exercise that is hinge patterned that they will do in on that particular day. Um, it helps you to understand, helps you to see like when to change someone's rep scheme, when to back off the the rest periods or lower the rest periods, when to add in a little bit more time under tension or scale it back, when to drop the reps down, when to bump the reps up, when to deload and let them recuperate from all of the banging and clanging they've been doing. There is so much that can be learned from using a skeleton that is been made from someone else as you learn how to program, as you develop your own style for how you like things to go together. It's like allowing you to see a real life example. It's like letting you see an example in real time. Please don't let anyone give throw shade at you for starting with templates, especially if in your head, you're like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> don't feel no way. Use a template, get a temp, get a skeleton template, whatever word you like to use, 
from a place that you trust. For example, in my guide, Career Starter, I have three templates there or skeletons there to help you get started. If you have a client who wants to work on hypertrophy, if you want to have a client who wants to focus on fat loss, if you have a client who wants to specifically do strength, I give you the beginning, the phase one outline what that is supposed to look like. And you go in and infuse what's personal to the person, to the client, but you don't have to worry about what do what goes where? Like, how am I even supposed to start? What's the first day look like? Okay. And the final thing that you want to do to start a client right is establish their first checkpoint. And this is something that may not be taught anywhere, but whenever you're starting with a new client, they have already, you know, listed out or that you've helped them clarify what their goal of training with you is. But that goal may be six, 12 months out into the future. And you want to know that you all are progressing in a timely fashion and at least in the right direction. So it's helpful to start to set up a checkpoint somewhere along the way. It could be a time-based checkpoint. It could be a uh, achievement-based checkpoint. It could be any type of checkpoint that is that you and the client deem appropriate for their goals and how they're moving forward. But it also establishes a place for you and that client to regroup outside of just the assessments. Maybe the assessment is this, is the checkpoint. Again, this is up to you, but it's a good practice to establish because having checkpoints that step you toward the target goal is a great way to keep a finger on the pulse of where this client is going, as far as their progress, how quickly or slowly they're moving in that direction, and the things that you can establish along the way to support them. All right. So these are all the points I have for you today on getting started with a client, right? If you have questions about any of it, feel free to DM me. I am on Instagram at jasminebraxton.co. If you liked this episode, please leave me a five-star rating share it with your people other trainers and coaches listening to this stuff helps the industry be a better place i appreciate you and i'll catch you the next one bye y'all do you find designing training programs for your clients to be overwhelming i used to feel the exact same way which is why now i help coaches just like you develop a deeper understanding for how to apply coaching and program design so that you can be successful and so can they want to know how Just go to jasminebraxton.co forward slash design to download my five industry secrets to make program design simple. Again, that's jasminebraxton.co forward slash design to get your free copy now. You're welcome. You're welcome.